rockzone.com. Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome in to Two Guys and a Mic, January 2010. And already we have a new format, I guess, to this show, or at least just for today, because the coach is here, but his voice is struggling a bit, so he is with us, but he is probably not going to be speaking as much as he'd love to. Coach has so many thoughts. You have so many thoughts that you'd love to get out, and they'll probably just come out in a much more gradual pattern over the next few days. Would that be accurate? Yeah, it's, it's one and a half guys in a mic today. <laughs> one and a half guys and uh, maybe one and a half mics. Are you on half a mic then? No, the mic is great. The, the mic uh, is great. The mic is great. I feel great uh, except everything except my throat. Everything except and your throat. And the vocal cord. Well, that's. Uh, I, I feel bad, but uh, Coach and JB with you until 11 o'clock is uh, we are here to talk plenty of things in the world of sports. And Coach, there was so much that has happened between the last time when I was here the day before New Year's Eve and then to where we are right now. So many things. I don't know if you'll be able to have just a residue Tuesday this week. I feel like you could have a residue Wednesday, a residue Thursday. You had an amazing weekend last weekend of college football games. You have the NFL regular season coming to an end. You had a boatload of college basketball because you are the man who loves the competition for the sake of competition. <laughs> there were plenty of meaningless bowl games that you could break down. I mean, this was a weekend for the coach and and his ability to watch sporting events that have no meaning except for to the players who cherish their chance to play in the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out the residue. I don't know if you... Notice when you walked in here, though, but there's like residue all over the carpeting. There must have been. I missed, as you know, I was sent away for a couple of weeks of um, psychological training. Yeah. Uh, How did that go for you? Not well. Not, Not well. well, thank you very much. But if you saw some of the residue over here, I did miss the uh, Talk Zone Christmas party. And apparently things must have got pretty wild. Yeah, well, they and clearly, when I saw the red solo cups that were cracked all over the floor, unbelievable. I'm, I'm wondering if there was like a big kegger yeah. here, if they wanted to make it like a college atmosphere. And if that's the case, I'm really sorry that I missed it. There were the reports. I'm extremely sorry that I missed it. And they have cameras out in the lobby to catch everything, so we might. They do. We could check the surveillance the, tape. If you the, fast forward past like the six months of like Mike North brooding through this <laughs> office here, I think you'll eventually get to the Christmas party in the solo cups. Oh, I don't know that. That footage might be shot right now. There is a rumor, though, a rumor that our producer, David Olson, uh, running around with a Christmas tree, and one of the two of them was naked, and the Christmas tree did have ornaments on well, that's that's way more information than I'm, I want to know I'm about not David. Saying Olson. things got out of control, it must have been a hell of a Christmas party. I'm sorry, I missed <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you got that right. Thank you very much. If anybody out there is listening and has video, I'd love to watch it because you know me, I hate to miss a good party. Oh, eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. You can also email the show at mike two guys at aol dot com. And I'm glad that you're back, Coach, because I didn't know the password to the Mike Two Guys email. So I really, when I was hosting the show by myself or with Seth or anybody else last week, mm -hmm. I couldn't advertise the email because what I said on the air was, you can send an email to it, 
but I can't check it. So feel free to send us an email, but it's not getting read on the air. But now you can, and Coach is well, there, and he's a, got it today. So Mike, two guys at AOL.com. But you're a young guy. You are uh, tech sufficient. You could have put out your own personal text. I did. People, I okay, gave well, out my own go. email address that people that? could send it to. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought ahead. Thanks for taking one for the show. Yeah, no problem. Did any females text you? Did you possibly uh, get a date or two over the holidays, courtesy of two guys in a mic? I think you know the answer to that, and that is a resounding no. You know but I'm, I wish that I had. You know I live vicariously through you and Brady Stiff, Mark Carmen, some of our I know. young single guys, my social life now, married 17 years, very delightful, wonderful, but you know I'm... You know, one day I think I'll be okay because the thing is, I don't want to throw Carmen under the bus because I love Carmen, but I hope that I'm not in his spot. Yes, when I'm 36. Not okay? career-wise, but no, no, no. From a marriage social he's doing standpoint, fine. Yeah. But from a marriage social standpoint, I would like to think that yes. within the next 12 years that I will find a woman that tolerates <laughs> me. Okay. I really think that 12 years is a long uh-huh. enough time that. By the end of that, mm-hmm. somebody will have said, you know what, I can stand Jordan every day. The betting line over and under here on our uh, TalkZone.com is eight years. Is eight years? Eight See, years, I would have eight. to say that i got to bet the under on that. Really? Got to bet the under. I think I could do bet. I could, mm-hmm. I could, within eight years, I should be able to do that. Okay. Well, I mean, hopefully less than eight years. Whether it's under and or over, I hope you have a good time, and I'm sure somewhere. You know what, because I don't want to be one of those old dads that like can't play catch with their eight-year-old son because he's got like back problems and arthritis, and he's like, "Son, yeah. go get your brother and have him throw the ball around with you," because I'm gonna go sit inside and watch reruns of somebody, 1980s sitcoms. Somebody up in the stands asks you, "Oh, is that your grandson playing?" Oh, if that ever happens to me, I will cold cock somebody. I will punch them right <laughs> in the face if that's ever me, because there is nothing that could be more insulting than that. But uh, I digress. 888-463-6748. Coach, there's so many ways we could go in this show. I mean, you've got uh, – but but I want to start with one thing because I, I think this is going to get us into the whole beacon of positivity, beacon of negativity thing, okay? In your way of looking at the world through your rose-colored glasses, through the positive light that you do, you are probably sitting here today going, hey, it's 2010 and no Chicago team has lost yet, at least the Chicago pro teams, mm-hmm. okay? The Bears won their meaningless game yesterday against the UFL Lions. The Bulls have won a few games in a row. The Blackhawks never lose, so that, that's, that's a guarantee that they're going to be 29 and 10. Oh, they're awesome. But here is, the, here is a parallel that I've been seeing lately that has got me the beacon of realism, as I will call myself today, instead of negativity, a little bit nervous. The Bulls have won four in a row. Lovey Smith and the Bears have won two in a row. And now I'm nervous that the Bears are going to retain Lovey Smith and Jerry Angelo because of their two meaningless wins to make them seven and nine. Mm-hmm. And I'm also nervous that because of the recent success of the Bulls, including that win over Orlando a couple of nights ago, that Vinny of the Black, or as most of you know him, Vinny Del Negro, could be returning. Vinny of the Black? Del Negro ah, means of the black okay, in Spanish. Okay. I was trying to picture some outfits he's wearing. I didn't, well, he did does he, like he to wear Elvis black suits. He does like to wear black suits. He needs to dress better. He looks like a kid having a bar mitzvah wearing a suit for the first time. He does. But but there are some people that wear far worse suits for a bar mitzvah. Apparently, my dad wore a lime green suit <laughs> really? to his bar mitzvah. I never saw this. I obviously wasn't around. That's but outstanding. According to legend, he did. Out of sight, my man. Yeah. 
You, for his bar mitzvah, not for his, your, no, for his. Oh, if he wore that to mine, yeah. that would have been another punch in the face moment. I don't even know your dad, but I'm beginning to respect him more and more. A yeah, lime right. green suit to his own bar mitzvah. Apparently. Mr. Burnfield, if you're out there, you've just moved up four notches in my respect <laughs> category. That's outstanding. Yes, but, uh, but, I, but I will say, though, that I'm nervous that both Lovey and Vinny will be kept because of recent success and that ultimately... Both the Bears and the Bulls will be worse off for it. Am I mm-hmm. am I legitimate in my nervousness mm-hmm. that things are going to continue to be status quo when we need some change in well, this? Well, you time? are clearly the beacon of negativity. You call it realism. It's realism. You're the beacon of negativity. No question. Two different situations. Okay. Two different situations. The thing with Lovey Smith, you know, the two victories is maybe two percent of the formula that's probably going to keep him around. Okay. So I feel the like other ninety eight percent is eleven million dollars. Well, yeah. And my big complaint there, not just in Lovey Smith, but just professional sports across the board, players and coaches, stop the long-term contracts. Right. I mean, look at what they did in Minnesota with Brad Childress. The team was 12-1. and one. Yeah. They extended the guy like five Don't. more years, and then they lost three yeah. of their last four games. Now, do you think Minnesota is thrilled that they extended Childress the for University all these years? University of Illinois makes the uh, the Rose Bowl three years ago, even before the Rose Bowl game is playing. Ron Zook, he's already got four or five years on his contract. Right. We have to extend it three more years. You know, why? And, of course, they go on and get absolutely shellacked. Right. In the Rose Bowl in the next two years, they completely fall apart, but you got to keep them around because you owe money. So that, the Lovey Smith situation, again, we're talking Chicago sports here, 888-463-6748. I think it's more money than the, the last two victories, and you know how I feel. I mean, I don't dislike the guy from a character standpoint. Strictly from a football standpoint, I think he needs to go Ron Turner first. Vinny Del Negro, though, the Bulls coach? Yeah. I've changed, I've gone, well, I won't say full circle because I, I liked him in the beginning and then I thought, okay, this guy's in over his head. And now, more and more, the last couple of months, if you forget the way he looks, because he doesn't, he just looks, he doesn't look the part of an NBA coach. No. You have to admit. He well, looks, most NBA coaches, though, the part is either they're really fat because <laughs> they're overstressed and they're worried about their job and they're just miserable, like a Don Nelson or a mm-hmm. Stan Van Gundy. And then you have the, like, Older man with white hair who's got huge rings under his eyes from lack of sleep <laughs> and is like really upset with his life and his job and he doesn't see his family and all he has to deal with is 13 prima donnas who are making far more money than he is every day yeah. and they just look weathered. You know what I mean? They just look like they're so miserable in life. I would never want to be an NBA coach. Oh, I think I would. I don't know uh, if I'd want to look like an NBA coach, yeah, but it'd well, be fun to enough. try it. But, uh, and he look, so he looks. Like he's in over his head. But yeah. Jordan, hopefully at your young age, certainly myself at age 53, I've learned over the years, don't judge somebody by the way they look. And if you really listen to what Vinny Del Negro says, everything he says is, I'm not going to use the word spot on because that's the most obnoxious term. Everything he says is right on. He's pretty sharp. I think he's got a great evaluation of his team and the players. I think he handles the press absolutely beautifully. You watch his team play, you know, He's not a rocket scientist out there, but I think Vinny Del Negro, I think he takes a bad rap because of, quite frankly, he doesn't look the part of an NBA coach. I think he's a pretty sharp guy, and if the players would listen to him. Well, see, that's the problem, though. I don't think the players listen to him, first of all. I also don't think that... Listen, I agree that he's nice in the media. He answers the questions. He is. Oh, it's, but it's more than but, nice. There, there's depth. If you listen to... Or, 
There might be, but the team doesn't show it. I mean, when you go out and you have a 35-point lead against the Kings and you lose the game. That's, that's not good. Should never, ever happen. Ever. There should never be a situation in which that's even possible. I mean, not just to blow a 35-point lead, but to come close to blowing a 35-point lead. I mean, there are plenty of NBA games that you and I both know where a team is winning by 35 at some point and the team only wins by 18. They don't ever lose the lead. It never becomes close. It never gets to a point where you're nervous you're going to lose. I mean, when you lose a game like that, they've had a bunch of embarrassing losses. They have the loss at home to the Nets, who are 2-30 and 30 or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. To me... He he does sound like a basketball man in certain ways. He does sound like he knows. I mean, there's no question he knows the game. It's just that whatever message he's trying to convey doesn't consistently go go through to the players. The players don't play well for him every night. And I'm not saying that the Bulls have some great team or they should be outstanding or anything like that, but the manner in which they lose games is fireable enough to me. And just because they've won four in a row, or whatever it is at this point, does not mean at all to me that there should be any situation in which the Bulls were to retain somebody like him because the fact is all these teams are playing for 2010, like it or not, and if you really want to be in the running for 2010, you have to sell a coach and you have to sell Derrick Rose. And nobody's coming here because they want to play with Vinny Del Negro. And I don't think that a lot of people, to be honest with you, are necessarily coming here because they want to play with Derrick Rose. Because as much as I think Derrick Rose is potentially a great player, has a ton of skill, could end up being an NBA superstar, right now he's a good player that's trying to become an all-star. So there's not a lot here. And I think that one of the things that needs to be here if the Bulls are to land a Dwayne Wade or any of these guys in 2010 is a better coach than Vinny Del Negro. Just came across our wires here, our TalkZone.com exclusive wires. The Chicago Bulls, due to the four-game winning streak, have extended Coach Vinny Del Negro's contract three more years and $13 million. (laughs) Oh, God. All for a four-game winning streak. If that happened, if that happened, Coach, I... It's our special TalkZone.com wires. Our TalkZone.com wires. Yes. Who's putting those wires together? I'm not sure. Is that sure, what the big dog does? Clearly is that somebody's why he's never here? <laughs> oh, by the way. Yeah, what? The big dog will be here tomorrow. He will be. David Olson, our producer, very That's excited. That's a damn lie, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the man big that, dog. The man that we've advertised for the last six weeks will Who's be never making here. That. He will not be in the studio, but he will be guest hosting via some uh, telephone, telephonetic, telegenetic connection that I have no idea how it will happen. A.K.A. Skype. Who? That's how he's coming on, right? Are you, Skype? Are you, are you allowed oh. to say Skype on the air? Skype is a legal I, word, I think yes. you just insulted a large portion of our nationality out here. <laughs> uh, but however it's going to be done, the big dog will be on tomorrow's show. There you go. 888-463-6748 if you already want to start with the fan calls for Big Dog Joel Radwanski. And the wire that I was reading from, you asked who put those wires together. It's people who put it together are people whose wires are not exactly connected. Well, that's that's usually the case. Yeah. I mean, think about it, though. If you were really putting together wire stories all the time, you'd have to have a screw loose. You're constantly getting information. Mm-hmm. It's coming in. It's going out. You don't know what the heck is going on. Well, the screws might be tight, but the wires are loose. No, the wires are definitely loose. There's no question <laughs> about it. 888-463-6748. But uh, oh, if you have goodness. calls, you doing you have NFL thoughts, round them up, round them up, wrap them up today? We, hey, this is your show, man. You just told me to, today, to try not. to talk as much as I can. So. Not today it's not, but we got NFL. The playoffs are set. Yes, they are, and we will get into that. There is uh, 
There is uh, plenty to talk about with the NFL playoffs, although a lot of the games next week are just rematches of games from this past weekend that will actually have both teams trying. And I have a real bone to pick with a couple of teams in the NFL. But starting with the Indianapolis Colts, we will talk about that after a quick timeout. This is Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Don't go anywhere! <laughs> are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone coach is here jb with them today on two guys and a mic on talkzone.com 888-463-6748 you want to email coach and tell him that you want his voice to get better mike two guys at aol.com so i am steering the ship today while coach is trying to preserve that lovely voice that he has, the dulcet tones of a John Cone. We're trying to preserve those, Coach. I love dulcet tones. I, I think, you do. I think I got a CD from the dulcet tones back in 1970. It's actually a very good CD. If yeah. you, if you, if you, the the old record to me is what's better. <laughs> or if you have the eight track of the dulcet uh-huh. tones, yeah. but the CD is a, is a nice little mm-hmm. touch. They remastered the dulcet tones. I think I still have a 45 of the dulcet tones hit song back in the 1962. Yeah, I mean Punk. it rivaled the Beatles for a while. The dulcet tones. <laughs> They were they were a great band. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think there was a movie made about them. That thing you do wasn't that about oh, the dulcet tones? One of the more underrated movies. Of a, all time. It is a very good movie. Well, Tom Hanks film, very good. Very film. very good. And that song is addictive. Can I give you the most underrated movie of all time? Okay. And in my top five, and it's it's a chick flick, but I'm telling you, it's a chick. Okay. From I'm before, telling you, before you even outs- get into this, this is a great movie. But you've put the disclaimer out there before you even when tell us that it's, it's a, a chick. Flick. It's a chick flick. It, it's. By image. Okay. What movie? It's a chick flick, but it's one of the best movies I have ever seen, and one of the few that, at times, have brought me to tears. Love Actually. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen it? Love Actually. Are you kidding? With the, the title like that. The most underrated movie of all time. David Don't we Olson, have a soundbite to make him sound like a wuss here, David I, Olson? I, I, sadly, i got to agree with him. It's a see? great movie. Oh. It, re- it really is. Oh, yeah. my God. Let's get into some manly discussion, some football. Let's talk can, football, can, can, please. Can we also throw out a daily quandary if anybody out there sure. has an underrated movie, a movie that you think's really, really good and never got any due respect underrated movies? Fine, yeah. If you, uh, that, I mean, I could definitely think of some, and I will definitely try to think of some before the end of the show. But 888-463-6748, if you have a movie that, A, 
you think is underrated and you think deserves some props, or B, you have a movie that's a girly movie or considered a chick flick yeah. that you think that you're that you are willing to admit on the radio that you actually like and enjoy. There you go. Like the coach just did, or as David Olson just agreed with, eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. But let's <laughs> add, let's infuse a little testosterone into this discussion. I certainly hope so. And, and talk some football. And coach, I mentioned before the break that there I really have a bone to pick with uh the Indianapolis Colts. And you and I started to talk about it a little bit during the break, and you weren't here what at the time when the Colts decided that 16-0 wasn't for them and they decided to forfeit the final two games of the regular season because they wanted to save their players, even though next week they're not going to play because they already earned the bye. So they, for at least for four weeks, they're basically not going to have played any football game of significance. And I came on this show, and, and you agree with me that this was such a despicable thing for them to do because they, A, changed the playoff scenarios, and B, they squandered a chance to play for history, and there's no reason why they shouldn't have at least tried to do so. And now the New York Jets, because the Colts laid down, and because Cincinnati may as well not even have shown up at the Meadowlands last night getting pounded 37 to nothing, the Jets are in the playoffs. I mean, the Jets, Rex Ryan said two weeks ago, before their game against Indy, we had a really, you know, we had a nice year, it would have been great to make the playoffs, we're not going to make it, but... It was, a, you know, next year we're going to be better. I mean, their coach had resigned to the fate that they weren't going to make the playoffs. Then they go out and the Colts just say, you know what, New York, have a chance at the playoffs. Then the Bengals come into New York and say, you know what, we've already earned our, our fourth seed in the AFC. We're not even going to show up tonight. Just, just blow us out and beat us. So now... The New York Jets are in the playoffs. And I have friends that are New York Jets fans. And if you're listening out there, 888-463-6748. But maybe you're about to not become my friend anymore when I tell you that I hope the New York Jets get absolutely pounded next week by Cincinnati because they don't deserve to be there. They only made it because two teams laid down. And if Cincinnati and the Jets had both played to their capability, New York, no way, is in the postseason. Uh, you know, it's rare that we agree, but I couldn't agree with you more on this one. And especially... You know, if you're 15 and one, or like Cincinnati last night, you've clinched the playoffs. You want to rest some players. I don't like it. I don't think it's smart. You go out and you play and you win the game, but I can almost understand it a little bit. Well, okay. I think you can understand it because obviously there's injury in sports, and in football there's injury and there's a chance, but there's always a chance you could get injured in any sport. And you got and how many games are there in a season? 16 in 16. the NFL. Yeah, not 80, not 162 like baseball. 16. Go out and win the game. Okay? But I can understand it a little bit, the injury protection factor. Now, dating back to two weeks ago when I was still on my talk zone mandated psychological leave. Yes. Which I don't want to talk. Actually, I'm not allowed to talk about. Well, you're, you're, you were probably at the same institution that Hurley and Lost was in, right? <laughs> you and Hurley were playing checkers and wearing the robes yeah. and seeing mysterious mythical figures you know that what? were walking I, around. I, I gotta tell you, if I'm gonna be stuck in one place with uh, one character from Lost, you'd want to be with Hurley. Hurley would, well, of the male people anyways, Hurley would be the guy. Cause I was just gonna say that I, I would definitely go female here. Yeah, I would uh, want to be stuck with Kate yes, yeah, anywhere. No question about Kate, it. Kate, as long as Kate is around, Solid. I'm fine with it. Solitary confinement with Kate for three to four years would be just fine. Listen, forget the fact that in the show, her character has murdered people, has eh, been a criminal. I don't things care. Things can happen. Things can happen. She's gorgeous. She's staying with me. Wonderful, wonderful lady. But um, but anyway, 
What was you were saying, but after oh, you were oh, talking yes, about yes, Hurley yes. and your I visit almost, to the hospital. And I almost called um, during my psychological consultation uh, period with the Indianapolis game you're talking about. I think it now, probably sent you into further psychological distress. Right. It made it worse. I would have been back a couple days in advance. But you've got a chance at going undefeated. And, and, and it's not like 20 teams have done this. How many teams have gone undefeated in a regular season? Uh, the Colts and the Miami, 72 Dolphins. And the Dolphins. Or, I mean, the, the Colts, the Patriots. So you had, a, you had a chance at doing something, you know, call it NFL history. A chance of doing something that unique where your team would have would have lived in, not infamy, but, you know, would have been famous. Right. I mean, obviously you have to the win ages. the Super Bowl, but still the Patriots 16-0 and season well, will be remembered. But even if you don't win, there's no guarantees on winning the Super Bowl. But 20 years from now, they could be talking about the three teams that finished the regular season undefeated. And your Indianapolis Colts would have a chance, there's no guarantee, but a chance to be one of those teams. You've got a chance at NFL history, and you don't go for it like that? I thought that was absolutely despicable by uh, head coach Jim Caldwell and his coaching staff in the Indianapolis Colts. And you know what? I don't think Caldwell, on another note, should be even considered for coach of the year anymore. I don't. I mean, I know that Jim Caldwell will get plenty of votes. He's a rookie head coach. His team went 14-2. and If they win the Super Bowl, then... Obviously, he's got a case, but to me, you forfeited two games. You should not be allowed to win Coach of the Year. I mean, I, I can pick plenty of other guys that would be more worthy candidates for Coach of the Year than Jim Caldwell. What about a Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati? Yep. What about a Mike McCarthy in Green Bay? What about a Brad Childress in Minnesota? Norv I mean, Turner, San Norv Diego. Turner in San Diego. He might even be the best choice. Of of the, all the ones that I mentioned, Norv Turner might be the best choice of all of them. I mean, the point is, is that I would even go so far as to say that you could even make a case for Jeff Fisher, considering that the uh, tech, the uh, Titans went eight and eight after a two and six start or an zero and six start. They finished zero and or they started zero and six. They finished the season eight and two. Uh, to me, that almost qualifies you as coach of the year, even though they didn't make the playoffs. So I don't want to hear for one second. For one second, the Jim Caldwell should be coach of the year because even if they win the Super Bowl, you can't award the you can't award a guy who forfeited. You can't, mm-hmm. and that's just I, how I, I see. it. I Completely agree with that, and, and uh, not that I've seen a lot of Jim Caldwell in previous years, but in his first year as head coach, is it just me, or has he gained a lot of weight? I, I feel like he has. He yeah. looks looks like he ate Tony Dungy. He he may have, and that the Tony Dungy you're seeing on NBC is just a replica. Possibly, it's like Mini Me in Austin Powers when he tries to create replicas. Yeah, I think that's what we're looking at. We could be looking at a Mini Me Tony Dungy. Guy is a large, large man, but uh, up until that, you know, I was, had full respect for Jim Caldwell. He stayed under the limelight, and we talked about the, one of the harder things to do in sports is yeah. win. Well, two things. Win when you're expected to win, and two, follow a coaching legend. There's only one way to go, and down, and Jimmy Caldwell in Indianapolis, Tony Dungy, you know, uh, uh, stepped down. Right. He takes over this year, and yes, there was a lot of talent. Yes, one of the great quarterbacks of all time, but still, it's hard to win when you're expected to win, and they've done that. So, through 14 games, I was right with him. Eight, eight, uh, or sorry, go so ahead. That, that decision, I, I completely agree with you. 888-463-6748, 888-GO-FOR-IT, or you can email us at mike2guys at AOL.com. Let's take another break here on Two Guys and a Mike, but when we come back, we will look at some of the other NFL games that went on over this weekend. And if and, anybody uh, has any secret formulas for getting voice back or for sore throats, maybe yes. someone's got an idea out there. You have some, like, potion. Not, not the, yeah, not the usual tea and honey, but some unique... 
A magic Nothing. potion. Yeah. We're, we're looking for like something that's made in a giant cauldron. I'll take anything that works. 888-463-6748. We've got plenty of NFL games to talk about, too. Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Kong. Coach's voice is struggling today. He was getting ready to do this really big intro back into the show. I love his intros, but unfortunately we will be deprived of that today, but it will be coming back soon if you have a potion to fix Coach's ailing voice. JB, in with the coach on this Monday morning as we talk about many things in the world of sports, including things that happened a couple weeks ago that are affecting things coming up this weekend. We we have our daily quandary, which is to tell us a movie that you think is really underrated or to come up with a chick flick that you watch that you actually think is good that you tell other people that you enjoy. Uh, Love Actually. Love Actually is coaches. I, I don't think I've ever seen this movie or ever even... Well, I know I've heard of it. Never seen it for sure because I don't know who's in it. Um, but who is in this movie? Anyway? Uh, Hugh Grant, among others. Uh, well, uh, see, Hugh Grant is like is red flag number one. <laughs> He's a bumbling buffoon, Hugh Grant, okay? How about a Liam Nielsen? Neeson? Uh, he, there are, he has his moments. He has his moments. Hugh Grant is just I, I never understood the fascination with Hugh Grant. I know that he had like a real big run where like everybody wanted more Hugh. Oh, I'll tell you more another. British bumbling fool Hugh Grant. I'll but to me he his act is so tired at another, this point. And he is a little bit tired, I will give you that. Um another good quote unquote chick flick that actually is pretty good. And I'm forgetting the name now. He stars with Drew Barrymore and they're both singers. He's aged, she's young, it's not bad. What's the name of that? Music and Lyrics. There you go. Never seen that. Music and Lyrics. I saw one movie with my ex-girlfriend that was some movie with Patrick Dempsey. Uh, that's another red flag no, chick flick don't, movie. Don't go to a movie with Patrick Dempsey. I didn't that's go why with she's her. your ex-girlfriend. I didn't go with her. She brought this movie. Oh, okay. And she brought this movie over. and she Was it was a young Patrick of, Dempsey? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how old he is. He's the same Patrick Dempsey, I think, that normally is on he's TV. The do- he's the doctor they call... Um, the, the uh, well, uh, what's his name on the TV show? No, uh, Doctor Mc McDreamy or McDreamy, something. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, on what's it? Grey's Anatomy, right? Yeah, I don't watch that show, but that, that's exactly. Well, the I've, guy. I've I seen it before. It's not very good. You know what it is? It's sort of like a poor man's ER. Okay. But it's just like 
attractive doctors that just mm-hmm. have ridiculous situations. You can't watch a doctor show with my dad, though, because my dad is a doctor. He goes, well, that would never happen. <laughs> like, Dad, it's TV. <laughs> of course this wouldn't happen. They do this for takes, TV. Like takes all the fun out of the right, doctor like, show. He's huh? like, well, I mean, that's ridiculous. They wouldn't do this this way. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know why. That. I was like, Dad, it's a television show. It's a drama. Okay, <laughs> go with it. Okay. Does he ever sure. watch Scrubs? Uh, I don't know if he's ever watched Scrubs. That is a funny show. That is a very funny show, mm-hmm. Scrubs. And, very uh, realistic. That's exactly the way hospitals are. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the guy that plays that one of the main doctors in Scrubs is mm-hmm. one of the characters from Office Space. Okay. The one of the Bobs in Office Space. You've seen Office Space, yes. right? He was the tall Bob. Okay. Bob Slidell. Bob Slidell <laughs> plays one of the doctors <laughs> in Scrubs, and he's a he's a good character. I mean, that guy's hilarious to me. I have a meeting with the Bobs. I'll be right back. No, but uh, and it's just uh, that that guy is pretty good. That's a funny show. But you you can't watch can't watch doctor shows with my dad. Even even when I watch Lost with them, I mean, you know, Lost is obviously a totally out there and crazy at this point. If you if you have been yeah. watching through Lo- season five, Lost lost me in about year three, four, five. Yeah, I mean, first wh- two years was outstanding. Right now it's it's even more weird than yeah. it's ever been. Although I still love it. And, uh, I, you know, I haven't heard him complain too much about the scenes where Jack Shepard is doing his medical treatments. I, I, I've not heard, I, maybe those are more realistic looking. I'm not sure. Maybe the writers of that show have consulted a doctor to make sure that the terminology is on par, but he gave, he gave the doctor stamp of approval to that so show. If we could sum up our uh, movie talk here on <laughs> thetalkzone.com. A, don't watch a doctor show with an actual doctor. Yeah. And two, Never watch a movie with Patrick Dempsey with your girlfriend. Oh, it was, she will soon it was become bad. Your I, I don't know what the name of the movie was. I can't yeah. remember, but it was some movie where it was like, it was just like a bunch of like dumb jokes that really aren't funny, but girls would like, you know, those jokes were just like a girl would laugh at it, but no male would ever think that it was funny. And she's laughing at these jokes. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, how many more minutes of this crap do I have to sit through? 888-463-6748. But, Looking at the uh, NFL playoff matchups, Coach, as we head into the wild card weekend, and the Bears season is mercifully over, thank God, mm-hmm. we have uh, the Eagles at the Cowboys again. We have the Packers at the Cardinals again. We have the Jets at the Bengals again. And the only original matchup we have next weekend is Ravens at Patriots. And I know that a lot of people are meathead football fans, and they just love watching the pigskin no matter what it is. But to me, there is almost no intrigue next weekend. I mean, we had all these games this weekend in bad versions where one team was laying down against the other, and to me, it's too soon to have another matchup. It's not yeah. enough for me for me to say, well, now they're going to try this week, and that's going to get me really into these games. Mm-hmm. I mean, call me a pessimist again. Call me the beacon of negativity, but I just feel like normally I'm really revved up about these playoff pairings, and this weekend does not show much uh, for me. Yes and a no for you. I agree. The repeat performance... I mean, three of the four games are repeats. It definitely takes a chunk out of the enjoyment level. I agree with you there. I don't know if the NFL can stop that. It's just a bad coincidence this year. But that's a no-win situation for the team, for the fans, for TV, period. But the other side of it is where I disagree with you is if if you take out the factor of the repeat, there's some good matchups. I mean, Green Bay and Arizona, and again, the fact they played last week hurts. But if you forget that, well, I mean, it's hard to forget that unless well, you have a really but, bad memory. All right, but you know, we got we got six days to forget it. You know what? It's a good game. It is Arizona with uh, you know that that streak that they went on last year to make the Super Bowl, right? And you're thinking in the back of your mind, you know, great potential. I've said all along this year that's a team that nobody 
nobody wants to play in round one of the playoffs, and I love the Green Bay Packers. Right. And I'm a Chicago Bear fan, but I enjoy watching the Packers play. Aaron Rodgers, maybe. I'm sorry, he's my, my favorite quarterback to watch. Uh, I appreciate coach, their style of coach, play. Coach, you're a Bears fan. You've just renounced yourself by saying you like the Packers. I appreciate I didn't say I like the Packers. I like watching the Packers. Saying Aaron Rodgers is one of your favorite quarterbacks. Yeah, he is. He is. I appreciate watching him play. Yeah. But uh, at any rate, I do think that's going to be, and it's the final game on Sunday, the last of the four matchups. I think that's going to be a great game. Cincinnati and the Jets, I might sleep in for that one. Philadelphia-Dallas, again, the fact they played last week hurts, but uh, that could be a great game at Dallas again. Yeah, I, yeah. Listen, I'm not saying on the. You're right. On the surface, the matchups are decent. They are. I, I, the one thing I would say though about the Cardinals is that last year I think they really benefited from being a team that was going to be able to sneak up on people. This year, because they went to the Super Bowl last year, there's no sneaking up. People know the Cardinals now. People know what they're about, and there's going to be a lot more pressure on them to win this year in the playoffs than there would have been last year because. Frankly, because last year they were just the Cardinals. They were nobody. Now they were the Super Bowl runner-up a year ago, and now there's more pressure on them. So that, to me, is interesting. The one matchup, and as a Bears fan, this would make me just vomit all over myself, but the matchup that really needs to happen in the playoffs is somehow the Packers and the Vikings need to play each other in the playoffs with Brett Favre facing his former team with the chance to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, that, to me, if there is no matchup that is more compelling than that, in the postseason, that could even happen. I mean, it's not even close, in my opinion. The Saints were a great story. They were 13-0, and but having lost three in a row now, the Saints have sort of come back to earth a little bit. The Saints story has lost a little bit of its luster. People aren't drinking as much in uh, on Bourbon Street after the last three weeks because, you know, it was a great story to be 13-0, and but now they're just any other 13-3 and team heading into the playoffs. You know, looking at... The AFC, the Colts, to me, have lost most of their luster because they forfeited the last two games of the season, somewhat like the Saints. And, you know, if the Saints and Colts did play in the Super Bowl, it doesn't mean nearly as much now, considering that both teams have lost games. So, you know, the Patriots would be so boring because we've seen the Patriots win a million times. I hope they get walloped this bad, weekend. Bad injury over the weekend. Yeah, the West Welker. Yeah. That's a really bad injury for them, and I hope they lose because I'm sick of Boston teams. I hope that all of them lose for at least, give them about 10 mm-hmm. years. They can come back in 10 years. They had their decade. By the way, I want to welcome in all our Boston phone, uh, fans to thetalkzone.com, 888-463. <laughs> Sixty-seven, forty-eight. Yeah. As we spread the love throughout the yeah, country. Yeah, now that I just ripped your city's teams, <laughs> if you want to rip me, that's fine. Uh, but you know, it's just I think that the, the matchup that needs to happen, even though as a Bears fan, it's a lose-lose situation, is far against the Packers. It's got to happen. I mean, could you could you imagine what that would be like? The only thing better, I agree with you. That'd be a great matchup. Uh, I would love to see it, and it won't be in Green Bay. It'd be in Minnesota because they're the it higher seed. They're the higher seed. Yeah, but but it, I think if it was in Green Bay, oh my god, even a better set. Oh. It would be incredible. Yeah. I mean, you remember in 07, before the Giants went on to beat the Patriots in the incredible Super Bowl that was, you know, the Giants had to beat Brett Favre in his last game as a Packer in the NFC Championship. And I'll always remember that night because I was in a bar in Washington, D.C., watching that game with a bunch of New York Giant fans. Tons of New York Giant fans. And I, I could not I mean, you would never believe the party that was ensuing when the Giants won that game because they had beaten Favre and they had made it to the Super Bowl and the whole thing. So that was really an amazing, amazing uh, weekend. And, 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 you know, if if the 
Packers and Vikings end up meeting again with far of that close to the Super Bowl, it's must-see TV. But to me, just the, some of the matchups have started to lose a little of their luster because three of the four matchups coming up this weekend now, are let me, repeats. Let me ask you this, and I haven't looked at all the permutations and computations of the playoff possibilities. Is there a chance? Have you done any of the factorials? I have done a few factorials. Okay. Usually most weekends I like to spend a little time by myself doing some factorials, this weekend included. Is there a chance, uh, is there any computation where Green Bay and Minnesota could meet round two instead of the championship? I, I don't. Well, here's the thing. If the, the Packers, what what seed are the Packers? They They're would the, be the fifth seed. Is that correct? Right. Minnesota's the two seed. New Orleans won. Right. And then the uh, Eagles, although the Cowboys are the third seed. Okay. And the uh, Cardinals are the fourth seed. Correct. So then that would mean that the Packers have to be, See, we're getting too I think, the fifth seed. I think that the Packers are the fifth seed. If I or they, they might even be the sixth seed. Uh, right, let's let's just come up with a way, simple answer the, and the say point that, is, that, is that it's not likely, but it's maybe well, slightly it's possible, possible because if they're the fifth seed, you know, you know, obviously, you know how the NFL playoffs yeah. work. It depends on who wins and who loses because they could always flip because the higher seed could play the lower seed and all that sort of thing. But yes, it's possible. Ladies and gentlemen, for transcripts of today's show, email us at uh, Mike Two Guys at AOL dot com. They're available in Wingdings and in English. <laughs> We will send you the transcripts in uh, four different languages, including the one Jordan just used. Yeah, Wingdings. You ever seen Wingdings on uh, Microsoft Word? I've never understood Wingdings because, like, what do you do with Wingdings? Who can who can decipher Wingdings? I actually enjoy them. I just don't understand. Like, what are they? That they're like boxes and 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 circles and Mm -hmm. like. What I want to know is, were the programmers of Microsoft Word just thinking to themselves, you know what? Why don't we just create some format that has like no value, mm-hmm. it means nothing, but we'll just confuse the hell out of everybody yeah. that buys this program. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. S- slow time in the Microsoft uh, processing business. They come up with a text language that nobody, they're, they're probably swearing at us and making fun of us and right. we don't even realize it. They probably are. And it's probably personalized to your computer so that when you turn <laughs> it on, it's saying that John Cone is a blankety blankety blank as yeah. opposed to just you Americans yeah. are a blankety yeah. blankety blank. And we're blank. all laughing. Oh, isn't that amusing? Right. Yeah. We're <laughs> just we're ignorant. Ignorance is bliss. 888-463-6748. Today is also a day that could be Black Monday. <laughs> In the NFL. And then as the beacon of positivity, this is not a day that you would very much like because mm-hmm. NFL coaches could be losing their jobs. It's already been reported that Jim Zorn, what, no shock, obviously, is on his way yes. out of Washington. I think Jim Zorn was the one to report that. Yeah. I mean, he, he knew that there was no chance he'd be staying on. And apparently Mike Shanahan could be the next coach of the mm-hmm. Washington Redskins. But uh, do you think, in your looking into your crystal ball, that Lovey Smith will be around to say that he's the Bears head coach in three days? Well, we already covered that. Eleven million dollars for the next two years. Sadly, my answer is yes. Yeah, so do I. I think it's I'll, I think it's going to be the case. I'll I think there will be some I'll other coaches for a too. new offensive uh, coordinator. Well, that that will probably happen, mm-hmm. I think. And then there's also reports that Bill Cowher could end up with the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. And to me. You know, if you're a fan, not only the Bears, but any of these available NFL teams, why not go after Bill Cowher right now? If you think there's a chance he could be going to the Bills, you go in there right now and say, listen, whatever you want to be paid, it's worth having Bill Cowher as as coach. There's two coaches I'd love to see coaching uh, the Chicago Bears, my Chicago Bears, our Chicago Bears, uh, Bill Cowher. Right. He'd be a perfect fit in the city. And the other guy is ex-Chicago Bear, Tennessee coach now, Jeff Fisher, who might might be available. I'd love to see Guppy uh, as the head coach of the Bears. I, I agree with you. To me, though, 
the number one choice would be Jeff Fisher if the Bears were to fire Lovey Smith. Yep. If they can't get him, though, then you go after Jeff Fisher. To me, that mm-hmm. would be the best next choice. But the biggest problem with a lot of these NFL teams and what's unfortunate is that they have to fire these guys right away because if they don't, they could lose out on the coaching candidate that they want. Let me ask you this. Is it possible if, uh, like, the Bears are stuck, maybe they want to make a change, but, boy, $11 million in two years and I don't know Tennessee's exact situation with Jeff Fisher, but has it ever happened or is it possible that the Tennessee owners would talk to the Bears owners and let's just, hey, we'll take Lovey Smith, you take Jeff Fisher, we both need to shake up the programs Why a Why would bit. Tennessee ever agree to do that, though? Well, you know what? I mean, first if, of all, if, I, don't, I don't think you can trade coaches. Don't kid yourself. If the Bears let Lovey Smith go, he will land somewhere probably. Look, Dick Duran. Dick Duran yeah, let the, the Bears. Yeah, but the Bears are a sham. The he, Tennessee he, he became Titans the head coach of the Lions after the Bears and then went to Buffalo. Dick he was Ger- not the head coach of the Lions, Dick Duran, was he? He was No. Interim or was he named the head coach? No, I don't think he was ever head coach of the Lions. Well, sure he was. He, he was, was? De- he was definitely the head coach of the Lions. He might have been interim. But yeah, he you know, and he left the Bears in the same situation as Lovey Smith. A, 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 very yeah. similar, a nice guy. A nice guy but not Qualified See, but I don't think Lovey Smith is a nice guy. I think that you qualify him as one. I think Dick Duran really was a nice guy. I think Lovey Smith is an arrogant, aloof, mm-hmm. and and very you know condescending person. And, and, and I don't uh, think he. I don't think that anybody that's around. I mean, and listen, I didn't cover the Bears when Dick Duran was the coach, but I did happen to meet him once, and I thought mm-hmm. he was an incredibly nice person. I've covered the Bears multiple occasions at Hallis Hall. I don't think Lovey Smith is a nice guy. I don't think he's a terrible guy, but I think he's very arrogant, and I think he's very condescending, and I don't think that he's he's not outwardly rude because that's not the way he he's too he speaks too slowly to ever say anything rude. I mean, it would take so long for him to get the rude <laughs> comment out that you wouldn't even feel it. But it just it's not. I I don't think I don't think that they're comparable personalities. Dick Chiron was head coach of the Detroit Lions on an interim basis interim, okay. in okay. 2005. In 2005. That just shows you how crappy the Lions are. But see, the difference, though, to me, though, is Tennessee would not hire Lovey Smith because they know Lovey Smith isn't a good coach. The Bills would hire Dick Duran because the Bills are a joke. Okay. I think that's the difference. The smartness of the organizations. Right. The Tennessee Titans are, are, mm-hmm. are a smart organization, regardless of the fact that Bud Adams, their owner, is mm-hmm. is flipping off people and other people's in other people's skyboxes and is making ridiculous that was comments. One of my in the top media. ten favorite moments of the oh, NFL season. Great though. moment when he flipped off all those Bills fans. I mean, maybe he's a drunken old lunatic, but I, you know, it, the guy knows what he's doing <laughs> in terms of running a football franchise. Mm-hmm. If they were to bring in. A, uh, you know, if, if they were to bring in a new coach, it would never be a Lovey Smith. It would be a, it would be a Bill mm-hmm. Cower. It would be a proven coach. Just to support your, uh, Lovey Smith's aloofness, I did also have a up close and personal with a Lovey. I was at a charitable, one time, I was at a, um, charitable function with one of these silent auction things. Yeah. And in the room, looking at some of the paraphernalia was Lovey Smith and wife. Mm. And I'm, you never know, seen Lovey's wife. I am very sensitive to, uh, any famous people, athletes, movie, you know, I don't like to go up to them and bug them or anything like that. You know, I will usually stay away. But we were kind of close to him, so I did go over, just real low-key with my wife, introduce myself and mention, hey, at that time we were doing the morning break radio show. Right. You know, we've done a radio show. We've had a couple of the players on. You know, I thought that was kind of just a way of and, – and, again, not coming on as the obnoxious guy. I was very low-key about it. And he was – I guess there's a fine line between aloof and rude. But like hardly any acknowledgement at all, and his wife kind of had to step in. She realized and had to pick up and kind of create just a little bit of maybe fifteen or twenty second small talk with me. He wouldn't even 
acknowledge, and I know you're Lovey Smith, head coach of the Bears, you don't want to deal with all the people, but you can still have a little, like, eye contact. Right. And maybe a smile and an acknowledgement. So, uh, right. I mean, that's, that's, and, and I, and I've gone back to this point before and I'll say it again. Not only are the Blackhawks good, but that's why the Blackhawks are likable. Every player on that team that I've ever covered, mm-hmm. great guys, willing to talk to you, not looking to get out of there, not looking to be, you know, like, oh, I just have to do another one of these crappy interviews. They are so nice and so thoughtful and so interesting and so personable. Almost every single player on the team. And rarely in sports do you find a team that is, A, likable because they're good, and B, likable because of who's on the team. And I think that in the case of the Blackhawks, and, and, and you know, for any of you out there listening, you may have a team that you can think of that's like this at 888-463-6748, but I think that they're the quintessential team in sports right now in Chicago, and maybe in the professional sports world, in that even though they're not going to get the attention of an ESPN because ESPN doesn't like hockey and refuses to cover it, or, you know, some of these other major, you know, national networks that would give it the attention that it may deserve, I think that when it comes to the Blackhawks, what's so appealing about them is that not only are they great, but they're nice guys, and they understand. I mean, listen, we put a lot on our athletes. We not only want them to be great players on the field, we want them to be great off the field. We want them to donate to charity. We want them to be nice to the media. We want them to be philanthropists. We want them to sign autographs. We want them to do all these things that really may or may not be part of their job description, other than to be athletes. But the Blackhawks players embrace all that. They want to be that. They want to be the ambassadors of this town and to represent their team well and to represent their organization well. And it's so refreshing when you see that as compared to the Bears, who by default will always have attention, will always be relevant, will always be in the forefront of the conscience of not only Chicago sports fans, but of national importance in sports. And they just take it for granted. And a lot of the time, and I'm not saying everybody, because there are nice guys in the team, but a lot of these guys are arrogant and brush people off and act like they're better than everybody else. And it makes them far less likable when they lose. I would think coaches, general managers, would they not, should they not talk to the team? And, uh, you know, preseason, during the season, that should be one of the things that is, it's a message. I know the Blackhawks people do. The Blackhawks organization is as well run as it could possibly be. That should be. But the Bears, I don't know. I don't know if the players get a manual or whatever, but they should be trained, for lack of a better term, on uh, how important it is dealing with the public. It's part of your job. Yeah, it is. It is. And you know what? When you're a public figure, whether you want to be or not, it is part of your job to... You know, your image is important. And I think that in the NFL and the NBA, a lot of these people, you know, they just don't get that, you know, it's not enough to be a professional athlete anymore. Is it fair that you have to be a public figure and you have to be, you know, a, a, you know, nice in the media and sign all these autographs and do all these things that you may not want to do? Well, I mean, it might be fair because of how much money you're getting paid. I know a lot of people will say that. It may not be fair because that's not your, that's not what you signed up for. But it, but it is in the sense that that's how it is. That's the reality. And you gotta embrace it. 888-463-6748. We'll take another short break and then when we come back, we will wrap up this show. Two guys and a mic on the talkzone.com.
time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Coach and JB with you until 11 o'clock as Coach is starting a rally chant here in studio since the voice isn't working as much, but the hands are working. Yeah, that's our that's our little uh, our little chant, our little cheer, our little clap as we try to round out this show on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us here on Two Guys and a Mike. I have one positive thing to mention and then one negative thing to mention, and I'm only going to mention the positive. Any comments on the Papa John's dot com bowl? No. Okay. And I don't have any comments on the Little Caesars bowl or the Domino's Pizza Bowl or mm-hmm. the Pizza Hut bowl or any of the other pizza themed bowls. How about the International Bowl. Uh. Well, NIU got wallop. South Florida 27, NIU 3. Yeah, not a good, not a good job from Chandler Harnish and the boys, Miko Brown and all the, uh, the fine folk over at NIU, uh, after a, just a miserable, miserable performance in the, uh, International Bowl. But here's my positive comment. Congratulations to Chris Johnson of the Tennessee yes. Titans. Yes, yes. 2,000 yards rushing. I mean, they needed to give him the ball like 73 times yesterday to make sure that he got the mm-hmm. record, but he did. And good for him. It's really cool. Just He's a great that, player. Put that in perspective. He is indeed maybe the most, uh, I think, unquestionably, the most exciting new star to break out of the scene in the NFL this year. Only five guys in the history of the game. In yeah. the history of the game, have ever rushed for 2,000 in a season. Right. So he joins pretty elite company. Right. It was Eric Dickerson, Jamal Lewis, Barry Sanders. Yeah. Those three come to mind. Uh, Ter- Ter- Terrell Davis and and Chris Johnson now, right? Is Are those the five? Say those five again. Barry Sanders, yep. Eric Dickerson, yep. Jamal Lewis, Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis, and Chris Johnson. I think you got it. I think those are the five. Mm-hmm. I, I by the way, then, if Jim Caldwell was his coach, he would have taken him out in the third quarter to rest him for next year. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's that's just going to be the joke from now on. You see what you've done, Jim Caldwell? <laughs> you've ruined yourself. You're a buffoon. 888-463-6748. But here's my negative beacon to negativity. Oh. Well, actually, I just think this is funny. It's awful, but it's funny in an awful way. Okay? This Gilbert Arenas, Javaris Crittenden story. Did you hear about this? Yes. The two of them, first of all, the backstory is that Gilbert Arenas is basically housing like a firearm centerpiece in his locker room mm-hmm. right now. I mean, for some reason, the Washington Wizards, ironically, formerly the Bullets, <laughs> find it just to be okay that Gilbert Arenas has got like an arsenal in his locker. Secondly, he takes out a gun and pulls it on Javaris Crittenton, to which the non-thug Crittenton also has a gun <laughs> and decides to pull it on him. So the two are having some kind of cowboy Indian-style draw in the middle of the Wizards' locker room before it had to be broken up and there's a bunch of legal ramifications from this. First question, of course, Coach, how the hell do the Wizards try to spin the fact that these guys had tons of guns in their lockers? Well, the Wizards, according to reports, have told the NBA that, well, Gilbert wasn't allowed to have the guns in his house or something, so they were allowing him to house them in the locker room because for some safety purposes, or I don't know what it was, as long as they were unarmed guns. The second part of it is that, you know, these two guys have now pulled guns on each other. So, A, how could they ever come back to their teams? And, B, if I were a player on the Wizards, I'd be afraid that if I didn't pass the ball to Gilbert, he might blow my brains out. <laughs> like, am I overstating this? Oh, sorry, Gilbert. Sorry, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, next time I'll pass you the ball. Please don't shoot me. What did the Wizards say? That uh, Gilbert Arenas told him that was like a deodorant spray can in the shape of a gun? I mean, uh, listen. Did they, did, I mean, I'm assuming they did not know. All I can say is I knew Gilbert Arenas liked to shoot. I didn't know he liked to shoot this much. Uh-huh. I mean, really. How? Uh, listen, if you, if you were a member of the Wizards, okay, you're a coach. Yep. You're around teams all the time. 
If you were a member of the Washington Wizards, what would you do if you had seen this happen with two of your teammates? Yeah, How would crazy. you even go into the locker room? Yeah, that's brutal. They say Gilbert Arenas is actually, he apparently had the quote-unquote tough upbringing, and he's got this chip on his shoulder, and he's got a little, uh, I don't even know if you call it anger management, but he's got definitely a little hyperbole in the personality, if you will. But uh, they say teammates and some ex-coaches and even uh, some of his high school, college coaches say the guy's actually a pretty cool guy, fun-loving guy, but he doesn't trust people, and he certainly doesn't trust, uh, what was the guy's name, Javaris Crittenden? Crittenden. Crittenden. Yeah, it's a hard name to say. Yeah. Formerly out of Georgia Tech, or Javaris Crittenden. But how do you discipline him, boy? And what do you do? I mean, I honestly think that they can't come back to the team. I, I'm not even I'm not even overstating this. They're pulling guns on each other in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I would be fearing for my safety if I was the Andre Blotch or any of the other goons that are on the Washington Wizards. <laughs> I mean, really, you can't you can't have these guys in your locker room. There's a chance you could get shot in your own locker room. <laughs> Puts an all-new meaning to uh, disagreements between teammates, huh? Oh, yeah. Listen, if you don't pass me the ball next time, I, I ought to... I mean, come on. Ridiculous story. Really sad. Unfortunately, the NBA's thug image not going away after two guys pulling guns on each other in the locker room. We're two guys, but we don't pull guns. We're just yeah. two guys and a mic. Tomorrow it might be two guys, a mic, and a couple of guns. Who knows? <laughs> or it sounds like one of those shows on CBS in the mid-90s. Two guys, a girl's in a pizza place. Two guys, a gun, and two mics or whatever. Either way, Coach, I hope your voice feels better. Thank you. And uh, next time you will hopefully be sounding like the normal coach that, that we all have grown to love. Let us hope so. Yes, and uh, thank you for listening. First show of the new decade, 2010. We'll see you next time. Wow. For Coach, I'm JB. This is Two Guys and Mike on TalkZone.com. See oh, ya. Oh, yeah.